What's up everyone and welcome into the Buffalo Sports Collective. It is October 11th, 2021. Now I am going solo today. Phil got sent to Pennsylvania on a last minute work trip and producer Pat is currently working his normal job. So you are stuck with just me today. I'm sorry and uh, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm actually recording Monday around 10.30, so I'm going to edit this right after that and get it back out to you guys. And we said on our last show we were going to do this because the football game took place late Sunday night, and we wanted to make sure we got this in our normal Monday show. But before we jump in, remember you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. And then don't forget to subscribe over on our channels wherever you listen to podcasts so you can be notified whenever we go live. We do our shows every Monday and Friday, but every once in a while we'll throw in a special and we might have to throw in a special next week because the Bills play on Monday night. So we will jump into the Buffalo Bills. We're going to do a quick recap on this one. They won 38-20, to just dominating the Kansas City Chiefs last night. This defense is special. Now, they held Mahomes under 300 yards passing. They held him under 30 points, which was what I was saying from the last podcast. Make sure you hold... Kansas City under 30 points, and you got a great chance. Not only did they do that, they picked them off two times. They forced two other fumbles. This is how you beat the Chiefs. You need to make them turn over the ball. Their defense is not very good. We just showed it by putting up another 38 on another team, this time against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the pinnacle of the NFL because they've been not unstoppable for the last few years. The other key thing here is the Kansas City Chiefs only had five first downs when they were on third down 12 different times. That is what you needed to do. You need to get them off the field, and they were able to stop them seven times. They were also 0 for 1 on fourth downs. That's the other thing you need to do against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did just that. Now, they went into half, and it was a long half. Trust me, I know I took a nap because the the lightning was going on. They were up 24 to 13 at half. That's what you need to do. They didn't just settle for field goals. Josh Allen was unstoppable in this one. He only had 15 completions, but he passed for over 315 yards and three touchdowns. He also ran one in. He was 11 rushes for 59 yards. Josh Allen proved and made a statement tonight that he is in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes, that he can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and dominate this one. Patrick Mahomes definitely struggled in this one. He was 33 for 54 for 272. You, you're not going to beat the Bills with that kind of performance. They also kept Hill and Kelsey in check. Hill had seven receptions for 63 yards. Kelsey went six for 57 and a touchdown. You, I said on the last show, you can't really control them or contain them, but they somehow managed to do that without Matt Milano, who was out in this one. Their defense is, I'm, I'm saying it again, their defense is super special. You're not going to be able to just pass on this team. You're not going to be able to just run on this team. It still boggles my mind that they lost. this team lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think if, I've said it on the past prior, prior podcast, if they would have faced Miami week one and destroyed them and faced Pittsburgh week two, I think they would have mopped the floor with Pittsburgh because yes, Pittsburgh won yesterday, but they're not anything special. Their defense can get the pressure on the quarterback But I think now that our offense has shown that they have a good quality offensive line with the five guys that they have going up there, they allowed no sacks again, and the offense had no turnovers. It's just amazing what they were able to do. I think if you would have faced Pittsburgh any time after week one, you would have just destroyed them. The other key thing to hear is this was Dawson Knox coming out party. 
He had three receptions for 117 and a touchdown. Now, his previous high was below 70 yards receiving. He is coming on strong. He's being another weapon in that offense. I believe I saw a stat he was only off the field twice that whole game. This is somebody that you can rely on. I'm not saying he's in the top tier with the Hawkinsons, the Kittles, the Kelseys, the Wallers. But he is slowly moving up that ladder of somebody that he can trust. He had those drops his first year in the league. That is way past him now. He is a reliable pass catcher on this offensive team. Josh Allen looks for him. And the biggest puzzling thing here for me is we put up 38 points and Stefan Diggs had two receptions for 69 yards. When you can rely on other people because people are going to target Stefan Diggs nonstop. When you can rely on your second, third, and fourth receivers, your targets in the offense with Sanders having two touchdowns in this one. Dawson Knox had a, a touchdown himself where Cole Beasley had one reception in this one. Stefan Diggs had two. When you can do that and rely on other people around you, it's, it's going to be huge because the defense cannot just target and take out one of your best players. You have fallback options who are, who could be number one, number two options on any other team in the league. Now, the biggest thing about this one, it was a statement when it proved to Josh Allen that he can beat the Chiefs, that this team can climb that last hurdle that they couldn't do last year in the AFC Championship game, that they are more prepared now. They fixed their D-line, which they only blitzed Patrick Mahomes one time on the 63 dropbacks he had. One time, and you got pressure on him. You caused the pick. Our DBs are unstoppable. I know early in the game that there was a ton of penalties on that first drive and a ton of penalties throughout the entire game. And a lot of them were questionable, but they are a top tier group of guys on this defense. Their defense is special. I think, I think moving forward, you just proved, and this team just proved that they can go toe to toe with any team in this league, including the Kansas city chiefs who they just stopped. They put 20 points on the board. It's unbelievable. I can't believe they were able to they, they were able to hold them to 13 points in the first half, let alone 20 in the entire game. It's it's a testament to what Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier have done to this defense. They've made the adjustments in the offseason that they needed to to be able to stop the Chiefs. And everything I think they did in this offseason was geared towards taking down the Kansas City Chiefs because that was the last team in line and stopping you from reaching your end goal, which is the Super Bowl. So congrats to the Buffalo Bills. Unbelievable. I know I picked you to lose. I'm happy to be wrong. And I'm also very happy that it was not a close competitive game, that they blew the doors off this one. They proved, they made a statement. This was in Kansas City's hometown, home stadium, and you destroyed them. It wasn't even close. I There were times where, especially off that fumble, the kick return fumble, and the Bills got it, and Allen did his typical running and getting sacked against the Kansas City Chiefs, and even the announcers went, Allen's got to stop doing that against the Kansas City Chiefs, taking big, huge losses. And that was pretty much the only error that I saw in the entire game that he made. And he went back, and I believe that was the next drive that he got the ball and went down and scored a touchdown to Sanders, that long 35-yard touchdown pass. That's something also different in Allen that past prior years, he might not have been able to do that, where it would have been in his head and trying to do too much. But this is a brand new Josh Allen. He take a, It looks like he took another step in the offseason and is ready to compete with Patrick Mahomes for that top-tier quarterback in the entire NFL. And I could not be more happy to have Josh Allen as our quarterback. I know I wanted Josh Rosen compared to Josh Allen, but I, I, again, I'm so happy that I'm wrong. I am, I'll wear that badge with honor that I was completely wrong in this one. I was wrong in picking the Bills to lose 
to the Kansas City Chiefs. I am perfectly happy because it benefits me. It benefits the the, the, the Buffalo market. It, buff, it benefits all the fans of the Buffalo Bills. I am happy to be wrong. So I will move on to the BSC Fantasy Game Recap. Man, am I happy Phil is not here for this one. He did to me what the Buffalo Bills just did to the Kansas City Chiefs. He scored 74.1 points this week, and I am down to a measly 32.7. I think I need to make some changes to my team. Josh Allen got him 33.5. Manuel Sanders and his two touchdowns got him 20.4. Zach Moss got him 12.2. Poyer and his eight tackles got him eight. And he had Milano, and he shoved it down my throat, just like he said he was going to. Did not play, got zero points, but it didn't matter. I had Diggs, who got me 8.9. Beasley got me a measly 1.5. Singletary, 3.3. Hyde, with his touchdown, got me 10 and was the leading scorer on my team. It's never great when your defensive player is your highest scoring player on your team for the week. And then Edmonds, his nine tackles, got me nine. So Phil leads 297.3 to 230.5. Now, I... I know I've been dreading the hockey draft for the Buffalo Sabres, but I need some backup. I need some reinforcements. I'm going to go back to the drawing board, figure out what I need to do, who I need to change out. I know I only get one swap a week, but I need to make some changes because since early on, I am getting destroyed. So I'll push forward to the weekly update about producer Pat's fantasy football team. He is actually facing Phil right now, and they are in a good matchup. Phil still has Andrews and Jackson to go tonight. And producer Pat has Malcolm Brown and the Ravens defense. But Pat is up 119.48 to Phil, who's got 83.8. And he is projected to win by 17. So that's going to be a close matchup down the road. And we will keep track of that one and keep watching. But I I got a good feeling that Pat's going to take down Phil. And I lost. Josh Allen, Sanders, and Knox destroyed me. I was up by 67 points entering that night, and I lost by 19. So kudos to Phil's brother, Dan, because he destroyed me. I'm happy that the reason he destroyed me was the benefit of the Buffalo Bills, but it still hurts. That means there's going to be a six-way tie for first place in our league. I know people don't really like talking about fantasy and our personal fantasy things, but I'm a little upset, but also kind of contemplating why I should be upset because the Bills destroyed the Chiefs. But I also was the bad luck recipient of it because Josh Allen went nuts with the two players that I didn't need him to go nuts with. He could have went nuts with Beasley, Moss, Singletary, Diggs, anybody but Knox and Sanders, and that's who he chose to target in this one, and it hurts, but I'm happy. So the last bit of news for the Buffalo Bills before I move on, they signed on Saturday Teron Johnson to a three-year extension for $24 million, $14 million of that is guaranteed. Now yesterday, he was huge in that game, had 12 tackles, bunch of pass breakups, He definitely showed yesterday that he was worth every single penny that they gave him. In this league, the nickel corner is a starting position because so many teams go three wide and wide receivers. You need him to, you need that position to step up and cover sometimes the slot guy. Sometimes the number one wide receiver goes in the slot. You need to be able to cover them. You need to rely on your nickel corner to do that. Teron Johnson is one of the top nickel corners in the league, locking him up to this kind of deal because he was expected to be a a free agent in the offseason. And locking him down for another three years after this, you're keeping the band together. I'm so happy that he was able to get signed. It's 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 a deal that benefits him and the team as a whole. And I, I was wondering, oh man, 
With this locked up, you just locked up Josh Allen. You locked up Deion Dawkins last year. You locked up Matt Milano this offseason. You locked up a bunch of other people who are kind of still out there that we might have to lock up this year. I think the biggest guys that are going to be free agents after this year are Trubisky, which he's probably going to move on because he's one of the top backups in the league. Emmanuel Sanders, will we sign him to another one-year deal? Isaiah McKenzie, he is our kick and punt returner, but also a useful tool on offense. I think he's going to come back. Ike Bakker, he's a he's a depth guy right now for us, but he's a valuable member of the offensive line. Hughes and Addison, they're aging, but they're still reliable on the defensive line. Can you get them back for a year, or will they just keep going and add more roles to Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, who both... Greg Rousseau is is making a name for himself in this league and possibly going to be moving up in the rookie of the year for the defense in, in their polls. And he's well-deserving of it. I don't know if he's going to be able to do what it takes to get that title because uh, Micah Parsons for Dallas is coming on huge. There's a few other names out there that are coming on huge, but he is definitely in the mix for it right now. Phillips and Butler on the interior of this defensive line, they I, I can see them both coming back, especially Phillips, but he's been a healthy scratch lately, and I think it's a lot to do with the, the scheme that they're going to be running on defense, but he is a valuable member because he's a big body running next to Starr and running next to Ed Oliver, and Ed Oliver has proven that he needs somebody to take on those double blockers so he can be free, and Ed Oliver is coming on huge this year too. He's not going to put up the stats, but he is definitely a a, a useful piece in that defensive line rotation and then on the back end you got saran neal and levi wallace who i know neal had a couple bad holding calls and a couple bad penalties yesterday but that's going to come he's he's a great special teamer and he's a great guy on the back end to fill in when he needs to because he's a bigger body as well and levi wallace is every year we they try to bring in competition for him and he 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 wins the competition year in and year out i think he has earned a long-term deal and i can see him being one of the next guys out of that list that I gave that's going to sign like a three or four year deal down the road. So that will wrap up for the Buffalo Bills. On our next show on Friday, we will talk about everything to get you ready for the Monday night game versus Tennessee Titans. Now this game coming up is going to be huge. The Buffalo Bills are tied with the Los Angeles Chargers 4-1 and one right now atop of their division. The only team that can tie them right now is the Baltimore Ravens who are going to be playing tonight, Monday night against the Indianapolis Colts. If they win, there'll be four teams tied, four and one. But the Tennessee Titans are sitting at three and two right now, right behind him. I think you need to defeat the Tennessee Titans to gain that one extra game because that's exactly what they did with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are two games back now, but it's really three because of this tiebreaker now. If you defeat the Tennessee Titans and get that head-to-head tiebreaker over them, you'll have a a game lead or probably a two-game lead next week if you defeat them and that one extra buffer. So you'll have a three-game lead on the Tennessee Titans as well. So next week is it's not as big of a need because the the Kansas City Chiefs were the top dog in this division, even if they were sitting at two and two. Now they fall back to two and three. Your next toughest opponent is going to be the Tennessee Titans because that's the next game that you can control their fate. If you can defeat the Tennessee Titans and go up three games on them, it, it's smooth sailing and you got to hope you get some help with the Chargers. But Chargers are going to be facing a ton of Good opponents with the Raiders and and the Kansas City Chiefs in their own division, including Denver. Denver's got a great defense this year as well. So I am going to move on to the Buffalo Sabres. Now they have their first game starting on Thursday, 7 p.m. against Montreal Canadiens at home. Like I mentioned, our next recording is going to be taking place right when they drop the puck. So we're going to be watching it live as we record. But yeah, that's their first game. But 
They made some moves prior to try to get down to the 23-man roster that they need to be by 5 o'clock today. They waived Davidson, Janssen, Fialbi, and they did that to get them down to Rochester. Davidson has been, but Fialbi has not been cleared to Rochester yet. They also assigned Brio to Rochester, so currently they are down to 25 guys on their roster because they sent down Fitzgerald the other day and they just recalled him today. But Saturday, they had their final preseason game. I went to the game again. I know you guys are wondering why do I keep going to these preseason games and banging my head against the wall. Well, I do have some positives, but it might just be because it was Saturday. This The arena was more filled up, but I think there was only less than 4,000 people there. I saw that they sold or there was about 6,300 tickets given out. So less about half of those people even bothered showing up. I think the, the arena is going to be very empty all year, but they did beat the Detroit Red Wings three to one. The third goal was an empty netter goals by Paterka, Gergensen and Hinestroza. Now Gergensen's was a great effort one. It was a shorthanded one. He went down the ice. The goalie botched it and Gergensen's picked it right up and put it right into the empty net. Paterka's was a deflection from a great shot by Tage Thompson. Anderson made 18 saves on 19 shots. Now this game was just dominated by the Buffalo Sabres and I don't know how often I'm going to be able to say that this year. They had more shots. I think they more than doubled their the shots against Detroit. Now Tage has been playing center since the the second or third game in the preseason because R2 Rustelainen got hurt so they put or he was sick so they pushed Tage Thompson in the center. I he he I was very tentative but he looks like he is a true centerman right now. He's still got a bunch to learn about the center position, but he is holding his own there. He's holding his own at the dots and winning some faceoffs. He's a big body there. He kind of, it looks like this, this role kind of pushed him to be able to take that next step in his game and be more confident in himself. But I think the biggest need here is there's going to be just a lack of scoring for this team because they don't have that one true guy. They need a guy like Skinner or Olafson or Middlestad to take that on and be that leader of the team. But that Middlestad line with Henestroza and Skinner, they are going to be the, the engine that leads this team in points this year, just based on what I've seen in preseason. And if, if Middlestad and Henestrosa can get Skinner going and he can repeat, not even repeat the 40-goal season because he's not going to, but get him to that 20-goal mark. And I'm not saying playoffs. I'm not even saying they're going to sniff the playoffs. But this could be a fun team to watch if this offense gets going. The defense still needs to take one more step. I think the defense is going to be better than it was last year. Butcher is is a wild card. He, he makes mistakes, but he also is a very good offensive talent. Pezik is back there. I think pairing him with Butcher might be a good idea. And then you got the top line of of Darlene and Yoki Haru. I think that's a great top line. And then Bryson and Miller are going to be your 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 five six defensemen. I think that's going to be a solid group. I don't think they're going to be able to stand on their head and carry this team because their offense might be lacking. But I think the the team's going to be very interesting this year. I think they're going to have a lot of ups and downs. I think they're going to have some close games. They're going to have some games where they just don't show up and get blown out. But I think at least compared to prior years, they're going to be a fun team to watch. They don't dump the puck in as often as they had before. They still get the occasional dump-ins, but they're, they don't quit. The hustle's always there. 
you can see in the preseason games and the final few games last year that the team works hard. You're going to, it's going to be interesting to watch this team on the ice because there are so many young guys on here. There are still some veterans with Gergensen, Zaposo, Skinner, all those kind of guys. But there are some guys that need to take the next step. You got Asplit out there. You got Paterka might have made the team, so he's going to be fun to watch. Middle stats, can he lead? Can he carry a line by himself, the top line, when you're going to be going against other top, top lines in the league? Cousins, can he take the next step and be more of a point producer rather than just that? the two-way forward that he has been since last year. I'm interested to actually watch this team this year. I know they trick me every year, and I'm interested because I'm just – hockey was my first love. The Buffalo Sabres were my first love. Growing up watching them, I slowly, when I got into third, fourth grade, grew on to love the Buffalo Bills, but the Sabres were there from day one for me. So they always are able to drag me back in, and it always tricks me every year, but – I'm going to watch them. It's going to hurt, but I'm going to watch them. I'm going to try to watch every game, each period, take notes, give you guys my opinion, give give my analysis, what the lacking analysis that I have in the hockey department. But I, I, I will take the punishment for all the fans out there that can't watch the team, that don't watch the team, that refuse to watch the team. I will I will take it, and then if if it's worthy of watching, I will let you guys know, but... Yeah, I, I'm going to. I, I'm very interested to see Thursday night how they can hold up against Montreal Canadiens and what they are able to do, and if the Dan, the Don Granado days ahead are brighter than the past ten years. And I think they will be. I'm a big fan of Granado. I wanted him to be the coach. I wanted them to take the interim tag off, which they did. I think he's going to be great for the young guys and the older guys. He gets them to play, and if anything else, that's something to watch for. So again, on our next show, we'll, uh, we won't be able to cover the game, but we will address any needs or anything that has changed from this show on to our Friday show. So we were going to draft our BSC hockey team this today, but because Phil had to go to Pennsylvania last minute, we are going to push that to our Friday show. Now, like I said, we're going to be recording right as the Sabres drop the puck on the new season. So all of our picks are going to be done before we know what's going on in the game. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on DVR. I'm going to watch it as soon as I'm done recording, but I I won't know. I won't be able to hedge my picks. If say I draft Skinner with the top pick and he had scored, I I would have gotten that point. I won't know what's going on. I promise you're going to have to just trust me because you actually can't see what's happening behind the scenes. But again, I have the first pick. Now, after going through the breakdown on our last show on the 8th. So if you want to know about the breakdown of the, the the scoring system, you can go listen to that. But I I made my list. I got it in front of me. I have my my top six uh, forwards that I want because you're going to have to draft three forwards and two defense. I am struggling whether or not to draft the first defenseman because I think there's a tier one on the defense and then just have that position locked down with my top guy. Or do I go with the top guy that I think is going to be the top producer for the forward group this year. But after that, it's 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 a kind of like my guys two through six, I could rearrange them in any order and it really wouldn't matter. I've got four other guys that were in contention for the sixth spot. It still might change because I, I like to tilt a bunch and that might happen before our next show. But we'll, we'll see what's going to happen here. Uh, make sure you listen to our Friday show because we're going to get you ready for the Buffalo Bills. But also more importantly, we're going to draft our BSC team and I need to make up some ground 
with the 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 BSC teams because I am struggling big time, which I, I I assumed I would be because having Josh Allen and then him picking up Sanders definitely hurt, and he won the battle with Zach Moss, and that one hurt because I I was really a believer in Devin Singletary, and now it came back to haunt me once again. He hurt me in fantasy last year because. His uh his big run, which I've said multiple times, knocked me out of the playoffs against Denver. So like I said, make sure you guys are listening to the Friday show because that is when we're going to be drafting our BSC team. And it's always fun to do some drafts and I haven't mentioned it yet. And because I am the only one on this podcast, I can. I talked to producer Pat and Phil last week because we are starting up our recordings of season two of Hypothetical History. So if you do not follow us, make sure you follow us over there for our history podcast. It's it's kind of like this, but I'm a bigger idiot over there, and uh, they try to teach me more about history, so make sure you go uh, listen to that hypothetical history. But I mentioned to producer Pat and Phil about trying to find more fun ways to get producer Pat in because everybody loves producer Pat. Everybody loves him bringing his his knowledge from a different aspect because he's not a super big sports fan. He'll follow sports. He's in our fantasy leagues. He, he he keeps up to date, but he doesn't actually follow them. He's not a big sports guy, which is perfectly fine, but he's our producer. And I want to try to find ways to get him more involved. So we have an idea. I'm going to tease it a bit here because again, I'm the only one on the show so I can do whatever I want. We are coming up with ideas. So if you guys have any ideas for possible sports-related drafts that we can do. So there are a few ideas out there that are floating around that we can do sports teams drafts. We can do battle royales about sports mascots and see who might win in those ones. If we are in a sports store, a battle royale about objects in the sports store that we can defeat each other with, it'll be a four-round draft, possibly five. I haven't really worked that out yet, but that's going to be a bonus show that we put out to everybody. So if you guys have any ideas for drafts relating to sports that we can do in that kind of area, please send them to us on our our social media sites. Leave a comment on any of the, on Apple podcasts, anything like that. And I will try to get it into the docket. I know they're big fans of this idea. I'm still working through the details, still working when we can record these, but it's, it's going to be another aspect of the BSC show that we can put out there for you guys. And then you guys are going to be the people that vote on it and tell us who wins and who loses, because that is the most important part about this because we get to rub it in each other's faces. And I'm going to come up with some kind of punishment for the people that come in second and third, because really, if you're not first, you're last, right? Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. So there's going to be punishments or just weird things that the, the two losers have to do in the poll. So we need your votes. We need your ideas. We need the audience. We want to get you guys more involved as well. So make sure you listen for when we have fully announced that. And it's going to be another reason why you got to follow us on all, all uh, the podcast networks because we will put those out. But I don't really have anything else to add. I always ask Phil if he has anything else to add. And since I'm going solo, this is my first solo show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a half of a podcast when Phil was out of town and we had to record a bit earlier. But this was my first full solo show. And because I am right around the 30-minute mark, I don't know what it's going to be post-editing, but I I think I did pretty good. I need to go drink some water because my voice hurts because Phil usually does two-thirds of the talking if you've ever listened to our podcast. And that's perfectly fine because he's very insightful as well. And I like to take a back seat in these ones because I do all the show dockets and try to (laughs) 
navigate the show where it needs to go. And sometimes we go off on tangents, which I, I think everybody loves those kind of tangents, but I think I'm going on a tangent right now. But I will end on this. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Buffalo Sports Collective and for putting up with just my voice this entire time. If you made it this far, thank you. You are the true MVPs. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Buffalo Sports Collective and on Twitter at Buffalo Sports Co. Subscribe to our channels wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you leave us that review. Again, since I lead this show, I am the solo act right now. Any five-star reviews with a comment, I will read live on the podcast. I will give you a shout out, so make sure you drop that. And any other ideas for our upcoming drafts, our battle royales, our, our different sports drafts, make sure you leave us comments and suggestions on any social media sites or the podcast network. Until next time, bye bye